This is the EPLOG audio experience. Quick disclaimer for a podcast, the SOS show, points discussed in this podcast should not be relied upon as conclusive medical advice in any case. The host shall not be a substitute for proper medical professional. You must seek professional help in case of any requirement. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of our podcast, The SOS Show with me, Suchita, and we are on episode number 111, my favorite number, and we have one of our favorite guests, Educator Karthik Bajoria, who is the driving force behind the mental wellness initiative platform called Drive Your Devi. He wears multiple hats as an educator, writer, and commentator, and we do some great discussion on overcoming personal childhood crisis and depression importance of not burdening children with the role of an agony aunt also navigating troubled relationships as a couple supporting traumatized children what can teachers do what are the mental health challenges in small cities like jaipur and of course the significant hurdles that lie ahead for mental health ecosystem stay tuned and enjoy the conversation Hi Karthik welcome to a podcast the SOS show and uh, thank you for being here and uh, now the roles have reversed and i am the host <laughs> and you are the guest so for our listeners i met karthik last week uh, when uh, my film on mental health got released he spotted me and he was gracious to promote uh, my film on his instagram channel and that's how we got to talk and we did an instagram live which all you all you guys should sort of try and catch it's on his instagram handle driveway devi also on my instagram handle metaphysical labs so that's how we met and now we are chatting on the sr show podcast Uh now I'm going to know Karthik a little bit better <laughs> since he already knows me. So welcome to the show Karthik and it's great to have you. Well, uh can I just say at the outset that uh it's it's my privilege to be here and the more I have listened to various episodes of your podcast uh only recently I have uh, my my admiration uh for you and the work you're doing has increased exponentially and i'm delighted to be here thank you thank you karthik for your kind words you have mentioned karthik when i sort of wanted to know a bit about you and of course you are a writer or educated you are a filmmaker once a filmmaker always a filmmaker uh, so do not say that i was a filmmaker 10 years for 10 years in bombay i think uh filmmaking is a great profession you are a writer and educator right now and you mentioned that you went through phase of depression and there was a parental violence and there was also estrangement uh Before we come to your work in mental space, would you like to elaborate a bit in terms of these terminologies that you used? Sure. Uh, it goes back many years, Suchita. So, <clears throat> I think, with the wisdom of hindsight, uh, one analyzes and becomes a little clearer on several things that went on and the reasoning behind them. my parents had a very tumultuous relationship uh, that included a lot of verbal and physical abuse between each other and sure. uh, in a nutshell i think that happened because 
both my parents belong to completely diametrically opposite dimensions families cities philosophies um mm. at the heart of it i think there was a lot of uh, a lot of this was caused by the uh, disparity between the two families financial standings Hmm. And so when my mother got married uh which was over 40 years ago and hmm. at that time uh came overnight from what was a very colonial hungover Calcutta to hmm. a very very dramatically different almost rural village like Jaipur hmm. it was enough to deal with in itself uh, being a culture hmm. shock and then yeah. she came into a, a a household where she realized that her in-laws or that entire family had grossly misinterpreted their own financial standing during the uh, time talks were taking place between the two families and those were much simpler more trusting times so you didn't have the kind of due diligence that families tend to do nowadays yeah uh, so that's what it was and it led to a lot of complication between them and unfortunately i think due to a combination of being mentally disturbed and fairly immature at a mm. very very young age as young as 6 5 even my parents mm. both uh, essentially made me the agony aunt of their marriage or fledgling marriage oh. so uh, on a very regular basis in the evening night uh, portion of a day uh, it would be my father who would be sort of offloading all his uh, trauma and perceived uh, uh, you know whatever he was angry about vis-a-vis my mother and her family on to me and the following mm-hmm. morning my mother would be doing it mm-hmm. so i haven't i think now as a parent and as an educator for over a decade uh yeah. that's possibly the single worst thing you can do uh, yeah. uh as as yeah. burdening a young yeah. child yeah um yeah. emotionally etc so that was uh, that manifested itself in me becoming an exceedingly paranoid stressed out just a uh, coiled up individual all the time i never felt relaxed i always mm-hmm. i was always on edge because it was literally yeah. like a ticking time bomb the atmosphere at home yeah and then later yeah. on of course i'm i'm you know trying to do this very briefly later on when they sent me to boarding school which mm. uh, which is a decision i deeply appreciate and it came from a sincere well meaning place in that okay mm. fine let him be away from this mess it depends on every individual because to me that became counterproductive because being away from the horror uh my father became an even bigger monster in my head so each minute mm. on campus was just consumed with the thought that oh my god what's going back uh, what's going on back at home what must he have mm. done last night what must he have done this morning so right. i would almost right. rather have been uh, on site in the midst of that chaos than not yeah. know and like yeah. i said it depends uh, 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 dramatically from individual to individual because my younger brother 
was also sent to the same school and his uh, it did him a world of good because his attitude was the diametric opposite to mine in fact i am envious of him because his attitude was okay you guys go kill yourselves i don't care i'm going to make my life hmm hmm you know what you're talking about kartik is something that is uh of course very important but at the same point it's it has become a very regular story when it comes to urban household where parents actually try and offload their grief uh, to their very very young children and which is why i think one of the reasons divorces are increasing at the same time the trauma that the children are facing is going up and now since now you're working uh, educating kids children in schools as well tell me what are the couple of things that uh, you know when a household uh, husband and wife are going through they must not do to a child because it's happened to you the the plainly obvious one is to not involve the child in the marriage and make yeah. it a menage and look at the child uh look to the child for any kind of solace yeah. advice solutions and fundamentally expect him or her to take sides yeah uh but that is in a very very extreme case where uh this is already going on but i i would uh, clearly go so far as to say that whatever's going on between husband and wife children are hugely perceptive creatures they're like yes. antenna they're constantly absorbing uh yeah. try as you might uh to conceal uh problems and and discord they will pick up on it in any case so yeah. therefore it follows as a natural corollary that you as parents under no circumstance should be seen in front of the child to be having any kind of negative interaction or conflict yeah. gender roles are also extremely important because here often times these uh arguments fights etc are um uh also spell out consciously or unconsciously very patriarchal um yeah uh, uh, uh norms shall we say and therefore a very young child along with the trauma of witnessing his or her parents in strife also imbibes things such as how is the father speaking to the mother how is he treating her uh, and things of that nature then become part of that child's uh, being and they are very very difficult to shake off later in life yes yes so it's yes, very important so uh, very there important. are so many things one has to guard against but yes at a very very uh, rudimentary level just try your absolute utmost to not have conflict in front of the child uh because witnessing that conflict acts at multiple levels is my simple point yeah kartik tell me 
Uh, two things come to my mind when I hear you uh, say this, two very important points. One is that, do you think that, now this is a debate I've often had, that parents in a situation like this, where the conflict is on a very higher side or the verbal abuse is on a higher side, do you think that the parents, instead of trying to be together because of the kids, uh, should get a divorce and that would be better for a child? Or do you think that they should go to a counselor and try and make it work? What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's an excellent question. It seems to be an eternal debate, a very relevant and critical one. But I've come yeah. to believe that rather than uh, answering you, Suchita, in the sense of whether to get a divorce or whether to seek counseling, because really no one solution fits all. The bottom yeah. line is do whatever it takes. And I'm addressing these couples now do whatever yeah. it takes for the two of you to be happy, content individuals. Uh, yeah. Now that may come to certain couples through counseling that may come to certain other couples, couples through separating uh, that may come to still others through a formal divorce. That is less important in my view, as long as you are creating a situation where the two deeply unhappy and warring individuals yeah. find uh, their own peace, calm and contentment, because that's really, uh, I, it may sound very simplistic, but that is the only thing that will in turn enable you to be a, an effective parent. Yes. So, so yes. the point is that, you know, some couples decide to be in an open marriage. Some couples decide to cohabit for various reasons, ranging from monetary support, etc., etc. And therefore, yeah. that uh, is a little difficult to generalize. But yeah. what you should be chasing is individual contentment. Yeah, that's a lovely answer. Individual contentment is what the couples should be chasing rather than fighting verbally in front of the kids. What should the kids do, uh, Karthik? What do you think? Uh, uh, you know, any suggestion, maybe, you know, somebody, a teacher, a parent uh, listening to this podcast can uh, consult them on this? I think that kids uh, are in a very, very fragile state when these things happen. And therefore, yeah. it's probably unreasonable to expect the child himself or herself to take some proactive action. It is people around, allegedly grown up, mature adults around, who, yeah. who need to be extra aware. Uh, who all does this include? This includes... First and foremost, the couple itself, uh, the immediate family. I know that <clears throat> even in India, we're heading uh, steadily towards nuclear setups. Having said yeah. that, I think it's fair to say that there is still a reasonable involvement, even if not cohabiting, of extended family uh, in our yeah. setups, uh, grandparents, uncles, yeah. aunts, etc., all of these people, particularly when they are in the know that their 
daughter and son-in-law or their son and daughter-in-law are not all right need to be yeah. extra sensitive because uh, they need to realize that obviously a direct and profoundly negative impact is uh, being uh, uh, experienced by the grandchild uh, similarly but i i don't think that is a priority in the in terms of a chain but even at yeah. school educators school teachers um can be a little mindful and it's not difficult because the signs become very obvious even if you're slightly extra aware uh you know uh, little or no involvement in activities academic or scholastic or non scholastic uh a tendency to um be very isolated and reserved and introverted a tendency to miss school a tendency to uh, uh display uh swings in eating and dietary consumption a tendency to um be uh, to have very extreme uh, emotional outbursts and reactions to normal simple things um all of this kind of behavior is very very easily identifiable uh if if fam- extended families and educators are just a little more sensitive and upon spotting uh of course uh, is is where the challenge lies because there is this ongoing debate about when is an appropriate age for a child to actually see a mental health professional but i do believe that it doesn't have to be as extreme as a psychiatrist or a psychologist it can simply be uh, a sensitive caring empathetic teacher aunt uncle grandparent that uh first accepts and doesn't judge that quote unquote abnormal behavior and creates an environment where the child will himself or herself start to hmm uh, also yeah, i'm really way. sorry suchita self harm hmm. self harm is a big hmm. one hmm hmm those are great points karthik tell me this that when you were having this insta chat and uh, you mentioned about the kind of work that you and anuja are doing with uh, driveway devi so when we talk about why this unusual name why driveway devi you know <laughs> it's, a, it's a very interesting story and uh, i must uh, selfishly admit that half the reason we retained the name was because we knew it would be a conversation starter <laughs> lovely yeah we had a small little art show last december mm-hmm. as an homage to my late mother in law professor sadhna mishra who was a mm-hmm. delhi university literature professor uh, mm-hmm. who unfortunately took her own life due to depression and uh, uh, and yes. so uh, because anuja and i are writers and educators and perennially overworked and woefully underpaid we uh, had to find every way and mean to save money yet put up the show and we literally decided therefore to save money on the venue by hosting the show in the driveway of our home therefore driveway and because it was thematically a celebration of devi's 
and our understanding of Devi is perhaps a little bit broader than the stereotypical definition that one finds quite rigid and restricted only to goddesses in that every quote-unquote normal, average, regular woman is also a Devi. The art mm. show came to be called Driveway Devi. And then mm. when we decided to make this a permanent mental wellness initiatives platform, we just decided to retain the name because at least in the city of Jaipur, it had become reasonably well-known. So uh, how long has this been? When did you guys start? It's very recent. Uh, this all started last November. Mm, lovely. Tell me, Karthik, uh, with doing this in Jaipur, uh, what are the kind of initiatives that Drive It Devi has taken uh, to create awareness when it comes to mental health? Yeah. And what is the level of awareness? Like we were talking the other day on the Instagram live, the stigma is still there, you know, and it's going to be there for a while. Mm. What is the understanding uh, of mental health when we talk about uh, uh, mental health conditions, the daily mental health? Do people know that mental health is not something, like I mentioned, it doesn't happen to the neighbors. <laughs> it actually happens to us, yeah. you know. So do our people becoming aware about that? Okay, so that's a, I'm going to answer your second question first. Um, mm. I think it's, it's, it is a generalization, but I think it's a fair generalization again to say mm. that particularly in the so-called tier two cities of our country, uh, especially in northern Hindi belts um, where society is arguably more patriarchal than other parts of the country, such as Bengal or certain states down south, um, yeah. the situation is a lot worse here. Uh, in mm. terms of general awareness, I can tell you now with a certain amount of authority that um, generally people here are mostly unaware of, for example, the super specialization that has taken place in the mental health sphere, much at, as it has in the larger medical fraternity. So uh, the Aan Janta is, for example, not aware that a therapist is not just a therapist. It can be a de-addiction specialist. It can be a marital discord specialist. It can be somebody who deals specifically with teens. That kind of awareness is completely missing. Um, of course, because the society and the communities here uh, particularly the, uh, you know, the local communities, the Rajput community, the Marwari community. I'm mentioning my own community before uh, some Rajputs feel offended, uh, are deeply, deeply patriarchal. Uh, mm. there, is, um, there is a certain amount of, um, shall we say, uh, negative prejudice uh, when it comes to anything related with mental health. For instance, I know that yeah. even in uh, quote-unquote wealthy families here, a yeah. lot of them yeah. consider somebody mentioning even a mental health issue uh, either a sign of weakness or a tantrum or 
a, uh, a, 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 you know, very sort of elitist problem. And therefore, mm. even the therapy is a very, very first world problem and indulgence. Hmm. Oh, that's a huge, huge, huge problem and something which is very important that needs to be highlighted. Karthik, tell me, I mean, when you're talking about a city like Jaipur, and I have quite a few friends from Jaipur, uh, I never felt this. I never felt, of course, you don't feel that when you're living in a metro, you're living in a Bombay, Delhi, you feel everything is Bombay, Delhi, but actually... It is not, you know, uh, you know, they might have a Bombay Delhi view, but what's happening back home could be sort of very different. So talking about mental health in a city like Jaipur and you're talking about tier two and then um, Jaipur is still, I would say, a very forward city. When we start talking about if we start going to the interiors, like suppose we say Merat or even, you know, more than that, uh, you know, I even dread to even think about it as we am having this conversation can we penetrate and educate people about the basic mental health when it comes to, you know, even the educated people? Where do we start from? And, you know, how do we change the mindset? Do you have any th thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, mm. it's, a, it's a marketing cliche, but it, mm. it is applicable, I feel, across the board in every facet of life. Whenever mm. there's a situation that has gone beyond control uh, a very one of the only but very realistic uh, sources of hope is the phrase catch them young which is why uh, we do a lot of our work on groundwork which uh, a lot of people don't know of because naturally they visit our Instagram platform and see our conversations yeah. and lives and for no fault of theirs assume that's our mainstay but we do a lot of on-ground yeah. work and the mainstay yeah. of our on-ground work is focused entirely uh, almost entirely on young children schools and colleges uh, because there, a societal mindset change um, there's no point investing time, effort, money, resources in trying to now change the mindsets of a, a certain older generation that's extremely set in their ways. Uh, you know, you're going yeah. to yield very, very, very nominal results, if any. And in the process, you would have, you know, consumed half your budgets, half your time and year in, in yeah. focusing on them. So rather than yeah. doing that, uh, it's better to go to a generation that is in fact going to lead the future of the country and world tomorrow and a yeah. generation that is uh, at, a, at an age and stage where they can be influenced, uh, they can be molded. I know these terms are very, very controversial. I, I don't mean it in the, in the, in the sense of brainwashing, but, 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 Addressing them at a point in life where uh, they can be uh, certain ideas can be sown uh, that that have a realistic chance of breaking the generational ripple effect and reversing things permanently. Um, that is one. And the other way I think it'll have to be done, which also we're doing. In fact, that's how we started is that the very first beneficiaries of the 
uh, funds that the, uh, the, the debut art show raised are specifically 300 girls and women of an extremely marginalized and poor slum community here in Jaipur. Uh, and why did we do this? A lot of people said, and a lot of people continue to hold the view that that is the section of society where the priorities are different. They don't even have food to eat, where you're getting them mental health counseling. But that is where, yeah. uh, uh, I know it's, a, it's again a generalization, the trauma is the worst and the maximum. The uh, yeah. uh, the patriarchy is the most deeply embedded. They are the ones who need the most emancipation. So, yeah. uh, you know, and we've had our movement therapist, for example, this lovely uh, girl, Parnika, who works with uh, the women and children at Triveni Nagar Slum, has told us that now after relentlessly communicating and interacting with them, even the slightly older generation of who are essentially rural Rajasthani women have started to, within their uh, confined safe spaces, for the first time in their lives, articulate statements such as, why did my husband not help out in the house yesterday when I was so unwell or when I was on my period? Right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think that there has to be a two-pronged approach where focus on the young, but also include everybody, particularly the most uh, marginalized, because this is the greatest myth that, oh my God, you know, they, their needs are different. Leave them be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important point. Very important point, Kartik. Tell me this. You had asked this question to me in the Instagram live that, can we even talk about mental health without talking about gender and patriarchy? And I just thought, what an important question is that? You know, are we even, I mean, can we even talk about it? Can we even make people understand uh, what is mental health? And now I want your perspective on it. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, these are uh, things that are inextricably intertwined. Mm. Mm. Because when you address a human being or a community or a cohort, mm. Uh, mm. They come with conditioning and conditioning, particularly cultural conditioning, is so much part of our beings and of our DNAs that it is yeah. impossible to separate uh, uh, one's cultural conditioning from one's person. It's, it's in fact yeah. um, closer than a shadow. So... No, it's not possible to talk about uh, talk. Um, okay, let me put it this way. Uh, unsurprisingly, most or not a lot of problems that people share and a lot of triggers uh, that cause their mental distress are in fact a result of this cultural conditioning. So how can they be separated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very important. Very. Do you see that there'll be a turnaround in the next decade or so? Do you see yes, that? Yes, absolutely. While I rue the fact that we're in a very, very disturbing situation, I do, yeah. I, I, I am an eternal optimist. I never used to be, but I suppose post-cancer I've become one. And now mm. I see again, because I'm interacting with students and parents constantly, 
that there is yeah. very much, even in the tier two cities like Jaipur, a new uh, age and breed of parents, younger parents, who are much more open and receptive, not just to this, not just to mental health, not just to therapy, but to a whole slew of uh, sort of new ideas and concepts and philosophies. Tell me, Karthik, you're working out of Jaipur and I see that you have a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, as uh, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure how many people like you are there out there who are actually working. And I even dread to think that how many people are actually needed in so many other states in India uh, that are tier three. I mean, that that sort of, you know, as we go interior to actually bring about a turnaround. I mean, I... I mean, how many people need to come together everywhere? Each moment we need people in different cities and the small towns and villages. You're asking a very pertinent but slightly philosophical question, or rather my answer is slightly philosophical. I don't think that you need a huge critical mass or numbers of people to hmm. affect uh, mass change. Um, I mean, you have countless examples of of visionary people over the uh, decades and generations, from Mandela to Gandhi to uh, so many people. Uh, and I think that you need an era and a cause needs a few individuals who are. Um, convincing enough and compelling enough to mobilize uh, 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 um, to mobilize uh, change and people to join them to facilitate and enable uh, certain movements so uh, you know I'll just just a, a half a second I'll take now there is a I, and I keep talking about this organization they don't pay me to do it I promise there is M <laughs> there is empower which is uh, Nirja Birla's yes. uh, mental health uh, organization. Um, yes. Perhaps Pini, actually the only corporate uh, spouse of her stature who has completely invested her time, money, resources uh, as uh, into mental health. Now, when you have an individual with that kind of uh, influence, wealth, resources then um, things are going to change. Right now, for example, they have five centers across the larger cities, but very much part of their plans uh, is to proliferate uh, and set up brick and mortar centers pan India. And now when somebody like them and as inspiring as them gets in touch with Anuja and I and says that, uh, and, and we are nothing. They don't even need us. But they say that, no, you are our uh, resource people and point of contact for Jaipur and Rajasthan. It It is extremely inspiring. It is a huge validation of the work that we are trying to do. And that is how mobilization takes place. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very uh, good point, Karthik, uh, in terms of, yeah, we need people like Empower. And of course, there are the Mariwalas as well, deeply embedded into the system. But I just feel that, 
and we had this talk uh, discussion point uh, the other day as well that we need people the government hmm. has to initiate policies just, yeah. and it has to be top down you know and unless and until the king says you know the, the, you know the workers are just going to work but the king has to sort of take the step and say okay let's do this so a couple of points in terms of your learnings that how do we provoke the king the king already knows about it yeah uh, very very true i mean i was in fact going to add that myself that it has to be as cliche as it sounds public and private partnership uh, and and a, yeah. and and a very very sort of seamless and quote unquote healthy marriage and union of policy yeah. and action uh, how will that policy come about i you know i think that there is often times people say that you know conferences and panel discussions are nothing but intellectual masturbation they're excuses for people to go and party yeah. i i tend to think a bit differently i think those are the kind of fora where um more and more concerned people uh, learned people influential people need to make their voices heard um uh, in those uh, uh at those events there has to be a participation in uh, uh, encouraged of the governments as well and that is how it will happen i mean that is part of advocacy um and again i i'm not saying that you know it may seem like i have an over reliance on uh, the powers that be but it is it is uh, you know at the end of the day fairly easy for and adit akumar mangalam birla to pick up the phone and call a yeah. minister and say that yeah. uh, you know uh, this is what my children have gone through i'm just hypothetically stating and this is yeah. what's going on you know last year in my son's school there were five suicides what are we doing about yes so yes. Uh, you have to have influential people to become advocates and mouthpieces for your cause to the government Yeah, lovely. That's a great point. And of course, we need them to come uh, and be part of this larger, the group that we are sort of uh, a part of. Tell me, Karthik. So, uh, a couple of uh, would you like to share a couple of things that Drive Devi is doing that can become a sort of a replica uh, when it comes to a tier two, uh, tier three model of uh, spreading awareness. Uh, when it comes to mental health yeah i mean i again at a very fundamental level um anything serious or dense or what is perceived as fairly dull uh cannot be preached or propagated without an element of fun and interactivity uh luckily mental health is one of those things that has uh undeniable links uh, scientifically proven links and benefits in the performing arts for example so uh, the kind of things that we are doing in order to spread a broader message of mental health but package it in a palatable and entertaining manner is that we a lot of our events use and piggyback on 
an art form or the other. Uh, for instance, we've recently launched a series of early morning classical concerts. Now here as well, we know uh, for right or wrong reasons that by and large the youth is not terribly interested in the culture and uh, historical arts of our own country. There too, what we've done is we are necessarily having only young, uh, newer generation Indians who are uh, uh, choosing voluntarily to train in Indian classical music. So every performer is necessarily in their pretty much 20s. Uh, uh, so all these kinds of things attract uh the youth and you know there are and then in and around those events one also talks a little bit about uh, the actual issue at hand i mean to draw an analogy which you of all people will understand it's like uh, it's like your uh, three idiots or any of these films where you package it in a palatable enjoyable manner uh, but uh, through that delivery mechanism, uh, deliver uh, the important and essential message. Um, similarly, we do lots of things. We do, uh, like we've designed a bunch of what we call wellness workbooks. Now, parents can write in to us. We have a very detailed form where they can, where we ask them about their child's specific interests, fears, etc etc and then curate a wellness workbook with activities that include craft art uh, ad lib acting writing speaking public speaking but all of it has connections with mental health how do we do that we do that because the prompts that we use for example uh, whether it's to get them to draw something or to write something are all connected with mental health, peace and calmness. Uh, so we are doing several things at micro and macro level. So basically package it right and make it more palatable. Absolutely. For because wine is going to remain across, the same. Yeah. You, you have to change yeah. the bottle and make it attractive. I mean, it's like walking into a departmental store. How does one brand get noticed? It's virtually impossible. A chip is a chip is a chip at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So make it more palatable for people across uh, the economic sections, socioeconomic strata to understand it better yeah. across age groups. And that's how that's one of the reason how we can spread I mean, it perhaps see, the faster. Thing is, I just want to quickly add one thing that is not to say that we don't have purely targeted events. Uh, and we just do this very recently. We had a very, very well-known educator called Abha Adams. Uh, she's Delhi-based. She's somebody who's had a long and distinguished career in education, set up the Sriram schools in Delhi, the Noida step-by-step, -step, uh, who's written a seminal book called Raising Children in an Age of Anxiety. Now, we worked very hard to visit Delhi several times, build a rapport and relationship with her, and then got her to Jaipur and had two separate interactions where on one instance, uh, along with Fiki Flo, we had her interact with over 200 parents and another by invite only interaction the following morning where we called school teachers of all the schools here. So we are doing, we are trying to do uh, 
a diverse set of uh, engagements. Hmm, awesome, awesome, brilliant. Thank you so much, Karthik. I really appreciate the work that you are doing and the work the driver is doing. And I wish you all the best. And I hope we can do something together as we stay in touch. And thank you for being part of our podcast, the Association. It was absolutely my pleasure. All the best to you as well. And I'm very excited at the prospects of us collaborating on something. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, specifically the part of parenting and also the mental health challenges in smaller cities like Jaipur that I always considered a big city, but awareness of mental health is strictly very, very limited. Any of you listening to the podcast are part of mental health challenges in smaller cities and towns. You should definitely try and get in touch with us and tell us what are the challenges that you are facing. Do not forget to follow us on the SOS Show Pod on Instagram and you can definitely find me on LinkedIn.